You ever uh, you ever use a search engine before, Will? From time to time, yeah. Every so often. How many search engines can you name in 2020? Hmm. Top of my head, maybe three. Three? Four. What are they? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot? Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot here. Well, there's Google. There's Bing. No way. Google. Uh, duck, duck, go. There you go. I knew you were going there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So My there's a few search favorite. engines, but for the most part, Google dominates. Everybody knows it. You Google things. It's a verb. I'm going to yeah. go Google that. Yeah. Now, we talked in the past about how Google sends a bunch of money to Apple to maintain their position as the default search app on iPhones. It's in the billions, and it's every year. And that's because Google does tremendous business on their search engine, bringing in a lot of customers and selling a lot of advertising. And iOS has a massive user base. So they say, we won't be that default search app on a phone. We'll pay you, and we hope to make the money back. At some point, all of our products and services, ads, and all the rest of it. Well, today we get a story emerges that Apple may launch its very own web-based search engine. Apple Search? That could be a big move. That could be a big change. It would make sense. Right now, Apple has no play in the search game. Right. And they've been talking all kinds of smack about privacy and your data Mm -hmm. and secure enclaves. The powerful word. You remember that when they would say, it's all stored on device in a secure enclave. Yes. Everything you ever do. Every photo you ever take, Will, it's in the secure enclave. Not for you, because you got a Samsung. Yeah. So you got good luck. You got no enclave. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think they do have some encrypted, uh, they have encrypted folders. and Yes, there's many options. Not as powerful, apparently. But anyways. So Apple, possibly in an attempt to limit their uh, relationship with Google, reliance on Google for... Well, all kinds of things that happen on the phone, right? With Universal Search or Siri. Uh, Originally, it would have to tap into Google at some point. I mean, you launch Safari on the iPhone, you're into Google. Where else are you going to go? You're looking for something. Bing would be a weird fit. They don't really get along with Microsoft. And these other options are kind of small time and would also feel strange on there. So Apple has increasingly looked towards services to generate revenue. They, they did it with the news. They did it with the TV. They're doing it with the iCloud storage. You start to look at what Apple's been doing recently, and it's not just hardware. And the, the services part of their business, including the 30% cut off the App Store and all the rest of it, has been in, increasingly a bigger portion of their overall revenue. And it's part of the sort of maturation of the business. So imagine, Will, I want you to imagine the branding and the logo and the uh, simplified search look, Apple Search. Hmm. Just like Apple Maps, which I, don't, I, th- I heard it got better, but I'm not changing from Google Maps anytime soon. Uh-huh. Apple Search, privacy is our number one priority. You'll never be tracked. Just the best search results every single time. Mm-hmm. This is currently a rumor, by the way. It's a new report that claims that factors are increasingly pointing to Apple expanding Siri search results and spotlight searches farther. So currently, as I mentioned, it's plugging into Google. And in fact, some tests that Apple Insider ran seem to showcase that they're looking at, well, they're looking at their incoming and outgoing traffic when they're doing these types of Siri searches. And they're still seeing Google being reached on the other end. So for the time being, but the report goes on to say that Apple is investing heavily in search, pointing to recent job postings for search engineers. An update to the Apple bot web crawler page for web developers was made in June as well. And apparently there's some uh, extra Apple bot activity happening on the web. That's the crawler, you know, gathering. Mm-hmm. Beta crawler. That's one. There you go. Oh. Gathering as a bot might do mm-hmm. as it crawls. I love this. This is fun terminology, crawling. Huh. I remember back in the old days, if I would do, 
if I would do the uh, web development, Will. We got a, just an absolute zoo in here today. Oh, baby. When I would do, speaking of crawling, we got the dogs crawling. When I would do the web development, Will. And then, and then I would wait. It would have to, you would have to wait for an update when the crawler would crawl your site before it could show up in the search results. Mm. That was me. That's a young Lou. Oh. I would do the blog or whatever else. I'd be like, oh, it's got to get crawled first. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of weird, terrible Unbox Therapy websites over the years. You should have a website to go yeah. with all your operations you're doing on social media and across the web. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's what got me into the crawling. But Apple, they Great got their story. own bot, and it's a just like Google's. What does Google call its bot? Googlebot? Gbot? They obviously have a name for it. They're crawling like crazy. Number one search engine. Hot search engine. You already know it. Core business. This would be... This would be an absolutely massive deal, though, because it would effectively eliminate Google from... A boatload of devices mm-hmm. where they would have almost no footprint anymore. Google products, especially out of the gate. Now, you recall once upon a time, they had a YouTube deal as well on the iPhone mm. where you would have YouTube pre-installed on right. iPhone and Google was paying for that. And then that kind of fizzled out. Now, imagine the same thing happening with search. This piece fizzles out. Mm-hmm. You have the Apple alternative and then the Google footprint on iOS starts to evaporate. It will take a while it would for them to be on the level of Google search. Yeah, so what would ha- what you would see happening is a number of people would download the Google app or just go to google.com on right. Safari and try to find workarounds and ways around it because, yeah, the search business is hard, but the search business is big business. You're talking about billions of dollars, though, Will. Don't you forget it. Yeah. You're talking about big billies. Mm-hmm. So this and... The other thing that would happen is that Google would obviously stop sending billions of dollars to Apple. So that little relationship would also change. But it's interesting nonetheless. I think increasingly our big tech companies have to be and do everything Mm -hmm. to compete. It doesn't seem to matter. It's Amazon. It's Google. There's so much crossover now in these various spaces. The other thing worth mentioning, though, if Apple gets involved in search and continues to control every aspect of what you do on your iPhone, then the anti-competitive stuff comes up again. Right. Especially considering how successful their their install their their installed base is, if they flip the switch on their own search engine tomorrow. But I don't know how they generate revenue from it unless right. They're not going to do ads, are they? Their maybe, own version of maybe they Apple would. Adwords. I don't know. I don't know, but or maybe they just see this as this value-added thing and an ability to take a shot at Google and and remove some of the some of the juice. Yeah, maybe their goal is just, just to make their own ecosystem. That's what Everything I'm saying. Is entrenched into one control, one system. Yeah, control. There you go. Control. That feels good. Speaking of Apple, apparently they're losing a little bit of market share in the wireless earbuds market. You know, the AirPods are wildly successful. That's what you like to say sometimes. You like to remind me. Uh, AirPods, AirPods Pro, you probably saw them out in the world. You probably saw them in somebody's ears at some point in time. Mm -hmm. Well, what has happened to the market as a consequence of the success of the AirPods is that so many manufacturers have scrambled to get a product in the same category. So many. And it's finally starting to catch up a little bit where people are, people have the options and are selecting cheaper options. Now, while AirPods are growing rapidly and expected to continue to grow, the percentage of market share, much like kind of took place in smartphones eventually, the percentage of market share goes down even though the numbers go up Mm -hmm. just because the market gets bigger and uh, particularly as the market gets global as well and people gravitate towards other options elsewhere in the world. You know the footprint of Android. It's less necessary to pick an an Apple earbud even though it works over Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. You might 
choose a cheaper alternative. In fact, this article lists plenty of cheaper alternatives that are out there. Uh, you know, a popular, uh, a fairly popular company, Samsung. Well, they make them too. Yes. We could, we just had the buds live. OnePlus. OnePlus came out with the cheap model. Google. I mean, there's so many cheap models that are available now. But it's not going to slow Apple down. They're going to uh, keep on going. In fact, potentially doing some updates to the AirPods. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the standard AirPod is is up for some improvements and potentially redesigned to get rid of the toothbrush look and kind of get it more like the Pro look mm. and shrink it down a little bit. So the Pro is better looking. Oh, yeah. And But it's expensive. So if they can improve the design on the regular model, they could sell a few million of them. Well, mm. Samsung is projected to more than double its true wireless earbud sales this year, growing from 8 million to 17 million, while Apple's AirPods family is forecast to go from 61 million to 82 million. Imagine that. You add 21 million units to your shipments and still see your market share decline because of how rapidly this market is growing. Everybody wants the wireless. Everybody's ready for the wireless, regardless of which platform they're on. Mm -hmm. And uh, even more so if you're on Android, you're, you have, you're just thinking about more options. Yeah. So Apple has blocked a Facebook update that called out, identified the 30% app store tax. This is back to the Epic conversation. This is a big conversation, Will, and many are jumping into it now. Mm. There's a thing on Facebook, I didn't know about this, but there's a thing on Facebook, all right, where you have uh, an event that takes place. All right, it might be Willie Doo's event. Mm. It might be Willie Doo's movie night. A party. Yeah, yeah. It's Willie Doo's movie night. And uh, you charge a few bucks for people to join the movie night. Yeah. Two, two bucks. Yeah, I mean, come on. But you have everything. You have, you have snacks and, and, yeah. and you have everything. Yeah. So it's worth it. And so you set this event up on Facebook. And you're actually, you actually have the button there and everyone can, can contribute and come to your movie night. Facebook, for that service doesn't take any cut of that transaction. They're just happy you're on Facebook and keep other people on Facebook and they're going to put a boatload of ads in front of everybody who's participating in yeah. this event. No. Apple, on the other hand, they want their 30% cut of Willie Doo's movie night. Yeah. I, I I go, hey, that's my $1.70. What happened to the extra Exactly. 30? Exactly. And so Facebook wants to let Willie Do know what's happening to your money because they're not delivering the full amount. Yeah. And so they, if you scroll down on this particular article, they wanted to put a message in there saying Apple takes 30% of this purchase. You got to go down just a little bit more. Mm. On the app, on the left-hand side, you'll see underneath the purchase access button, it tells you that Apple takes 30% of the purchase. You see that there? Mm. Now, Apple doesn't like that. Even though Facebook doesn't take anything from it and they really kind of need a way to tell you Apple has a policy in there that says you can you can never call out our practices in the thing. Others have tried. Others have referenced it. Now, even though in this case, they're not saying go transact on uh, on your laptop instead. To, to They're not even suggesting. There's no link, no nothing. They're just saying, hey, just so you know, mm. Apple's going to take 30% of this transaction. But, of course, Apple wants every transaction on the iPhone. They want that piece, mm -hmm. at least in-app purchases. So Facebook is mad, as you might expect. And uh, Apple's official line is that this update violated an App Store rule that doesn't let developers show irrelevant information to users. They're calling that ir irrelevant. Hmm. I might have to disagree on that. I don't think it's irrelevant. I think it's relevant, especially for these small-time transactions for Jasper's cooking class or Willie Doo's movie night. Yeah, Like, we're not transacting a ton of money here. So if the 30% is gone, somebody's going to ask questions or want to know it's going to be relevant to them. The feature let Facebook users buy tickets for online events directly through the app. Facebook says it asked Apple to waive the fee so that the revenue, all of the revenue could go to event organizers, but Apple refused. So uh, Facebook just wanted to let people know. Now, the, here's the thing, though. It's important to note. 
this is the hot moment right now. This is the time where it makes the most sense for people to take a shot at Apple mm -hmm. to roll out something like this because mm -hmm. you have a lot of user interest in uh, how the App Store operates more than you would normally have. And so this is a hot topic. And if there were a time to put pressure on Apple, it would be now. If there mm -hmm. were a time to get something done or to get the uh, public on your side, it would be now. The uh, snowball effect. So the timing is what's a bit curious. It's like, Facebook, why you got to do this right now? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, apparently, Apple has been strict on apps in the past that try to explain App Store policies. This includes Netflix, Kindle, and Spotify. They aren't allowed to mention that users could just pay for their subscriptions on the web and Apple wouldn't take the cut. They're not allowed to say that. But this one seems, this one seems worse to me than those ones. Because it's not even telling you to go on the web to do the transaction. It's just saying 30% will go to. Right. It's pretty straightforward. Anyway, this just uh, this is just another one for Apple. It's just another, it's just another quick little controversy, which you can add to the list, whether it's Epic, whether it's Unreal, whether it's the email client Hey, who had their issues. Hmm. It's a lot now. And this conversation is bubbling. Can there be like a class action lawsuit like a really big one because what facebook's doing here is like they're just letting the the people know but is there some sort of like lawsuit that they can put forth oh i'm sure i mean companies like this lawyers lawyers are sitting there ready just rubbing their hands if you know? if you, you know how many lawyers would like to have zuckerberg on a phone right now? i mean because we're talking about massive implications money wise mm -hmm. if you can prove some if you can uh confirm that there's some sort of practice that's not uh suitable but see the thing is that this is all inside of the terms it's the terms that these right. companies want to change but it's inside of the terms mm -hmm. and that's why it's it, it's not going to be an open and shut it's a difficult situation so far what we have on the unreal thing is that the judge was like i don't think bystanders should suffer so mm -hmm. they put a pause on that but as far as fortnite leaving the app store that's sitting the way that it is mm -hmm. so time will tell what they're capable of but the more it's it's like the more enemies that apple has the harder it's going to be to defend their position yes especially big enemies or not even necessarily enemies but big players in disagreement with their policies. Mm -hmm. Xiaomi has just unveiled their third generation of their under-display camera. We, of course, have covered a couple iterations of this thing. This is the future of front-facing cameras. Yes, there are some fun motorized things that are out there in order to eliminate the notch and the hole punch, but this just feels more futuristic. They have shrunk the pixels in order to diminish the appearance of the camera sitting underneath the section of display where it is. So they didn't have to thin out the pixel count. They just had to make the pixels smaller. And the effect oh. here is that you barely see the location where that camera sits, the front-facing camera. And apparently, it can either be a square cutout like that, which is a little more visible because of the straight edges, or it can be a circular style, which is right there. And that's far tougher to see. I think mm -hmm. you might agree with that, Well, Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so in, anyway, in this video, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see the video. It's a short video, just sort of uh, giving you, giving you a, a real-world kind of look at this technology with some scrolling and whatnot. And look how great the full-screen display is, Will, with no obstructions. And I know what people are going to say. People are going to say, but it's not perfect. I can kind of see the outline. And it's like, what's your alternative? A giant black Dot. orb or yeah. square? Like, you don't. it doesn't have to be perfect right now for it to be better. Yes, and it'll only improve from here. Correct. Right. So, so And then there's the front-facing selfie, which a lot of people would be curious about. Is there a a degradation in quality of the selfie camera because it's having to look through the display. 
Now, I don't know about their demo here. This looks like a Photoshop job after yeah, the fact. Superimposed. So we can't speak to it, but uh, nonetheless, we are getting closer to actually seeing this in devices. Of course, we talked about that upcoming device from ZTE where they said it's going to be the world's first. Mm -hmm. So they're working on it. Xiaomi's working on it. It's going to come soon, and it'll probably become the norm shortly after that. Right on. So we have a, another Sony phone that like just completely leaked. I was a fan of the Xperia 1, the latest Xperia 1, which was the Mark II, right? Am I crazy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the Xperia 1 II. I, I love when they put the Mark in there. It feels so special and serious. Yes. Mark, Mark. II. It's like, doesn't Iron Man do that with the, with the yeah. Iron Man Mark suits? Anyway, I had a lot of fun with this, with this, uh, smartphone it's unusual in the space at the moment it's 21 by 9 it has an incredible camera setup with like a ridiculous cinema mode yeah just i enjoyed having that phone in my pocket and the only issue with that phone was the price right it's expensive real flagship territory this uh, this uh it, oh, it was also a 4k display a lot going on there the the Xperia 5, on the other hand, is going to be a little bit more affordable, Will. And it's also going to feature a 120 hertz display. So you're going to have a lower resolution display as you would on a more affordable device. But it's uh, at least you're getting a fast refresh at 120. It also is going to have a headphone jack, which is kind of surprising, hanging on to that thing. And, you know, something I figured out shortly after that original uh, Sony video, the uh, Xperia 1 Mark II, Sony's got a fan base. There's a bit of a fan base hmm. for these Xperia devices. And so people are pumped up for something that's a little bit more affordable. And what's weird is the thing that leaked was like their entire product video by the looks of it. So they're not even, I don't know if they're trying to hide it or what, but it's looking pretty cool. Very reminiscent of the device that I played with and, and also reminiscent of the previous Mark I Xperia 5. Uh, it's it, apparently it's going to have a Snapdragon 865, eight gigs of RAM, micro SD card slot, and uh, it's only going to ditch the 3D time of flight rear camera. Hmm. It'll be 128 gigs of internal storage, and it'll probably also have 5G connectivity. As far as the Zeiss optics are concerned, you will go from 2x to 3x optical zoom, and the ultra wide. We'll go from f2.4 to f2.2. If the, if the camera on this thing performs anywhere near what I was getting out of the Xperia 1 and can do it on a budget, this could be an exciting device, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Another exciting device, the uh, LG Wing. We talked about it on the previous episode of this show. There was a leak. I'm starting to think that... The, 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 are these, what are these, are these leaks or what's happening? Yeah. I'm starting to wonder because this leak looks a lot like the last leak. This leak actually looks better. You got a a 10-second leak posted on Android Authority. That's a great-looking leak as far as leaks are concerned. Yeah, it's very uh And cinema. this gaming demo is so cool. person's driving in a car. They got the thing flipped around, and the in-game map is on the secondary display, and the game, which, which looks like it got a nice grip on it, is on a lower display. Mm -hmm. And it's 10 seconds, perfect 10 seconds on Android Authority. And then you get the wonderful write-up as well with the article to go with it. And you know what happens? Well, hype happens. And I don't need to explain hype to you. No. Um, they, they strategically rolled it out, I feel like. Yeah. So you heard it here first. Willie Doo's going on the record. He says guaranteed 100%. He's not even alleging it. He's just saying, yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. This is a configured... This is a, a calculated leak. Yep. That's Willie Do's words, not mine. Don't hold me accountable for it. But uh, I see where you're coming from. And it does make things exciting because I know a lot of people are probably wondering, what are the use cases for this thing? After the last episode, you saw the guy doing the nav on it with the taking a phone call on the side. But you see this gaming one now and you realize it's endless opportunity here to do some interesting things on a dual display setup. Mm -hmm. Speaking of dual display setups, oh man, I almost forgot. Look at this guy sitting beside me. How about that? This is recently unboxed on Unbox Therapy. Go check the video right now. I, I, what I can show you at the moment is kind of limited. 
Is this going to turn on? I can't even uh -oh. show you. I can't uh -oh. show you that. I'm going to have to Don't hold on. There we go. All right. I can open it up. I can't show it on at the moment, but this thing really surprised me. I don't know if you heard me talking on the Unbox Therapy video, but in a world of similar form factors, I mean, nothing against something like this. Not, nothing against the new Note series. It's a fantastic, I'm enjoying it well, you know, but it's a, it's a slab, right? It's a, we've seen this. We know this. Mm -hmm. We've seen it. And so it gets me excited every time doing this job, doing this gig to play with something so different. And I have to say, I am allowed to talk about the hardware. This hardware, the fit and finish, I yeah. tell you what. Yeah. The hinge, I tell you what. You like the foldables. Maybe I do. You know? Well, let me tell you something, The Will. mechanical feeling of it. Let me it. tell you something. There's two sides to this. There's two sides to the coin. There's Lou, the guy, living life, trying to make the smart decisions and all that and the being practical. There's that guy. But then there's also the guy that makes a bunch of videos, thousands of videos, and sees slab after slab and gets your hands on something like this. And actually, you get an opportunity to think about things differently and kind of react to something new. Mm -hmm. And so there's that guy as well. So just... Just because I'm really excited about something doesn't necessarily mean I'm telling you to go spend fifteen, fourteen hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. To be clear, it means that I'm excited at the opportunity to analyze something different. Yes, it can also mean that, and then sometimes it means both. Yeah, sometimes it means I'm about to put that in my pocket. By the way, quick pocket test. You didn't expect that on the show today. You didn't expect this on the show today. Oh boy. Okay. No problemo. You can pocket the Surface Duo. Exciting times. Live pocket test. Side fingerprint scanner. Thumb fingerprint scanner. Fit and finish. Unbelievable. Really exceeded my expectations. Go watch the unboxing video for more information. It's on Unbox Therapy right now. Exclusive. Entry level OnePlus Clover. Launching globally with a 6,000 milliamp hour battery for $200. Budget phones. Hmm. Budget phones. Clover. Budget phones. Do you like the name? Uh, yeah, what, like Lucky Clover? It's green. You know, there's a really, there's a really high-end coffee maker called the Clover. Have you ever tried no. it? No. Some certain Starbucks will have the Clover machine. Not just Starbucks. I, I mean, actually, the first time I tried a coffee through the Clover was not at a Starbucks. It was at a place on College Street called Manic Coffee back in the day. They had a cup of coffee. It was like $18, if I recall, and people lined up for it. It was called Esmeralda. Is it this thing right here? Don't get me going on that. Yeah, that's the Clover machine. Now, you're mostly going to see it in a in a an actual cafe. You're not going to... You're really probably not going to see this at the house as much because it's eleven thousand bucks. Oh, but you know it has a certain way of making. What does this have to do with OnePlus? Nothing. Mm. However, that makes a great cup of coffee, and it's called the Clover. So maybe I don't mind the name after all. Mm. What's key here, Will, is that OnePlus is putting out a two hundred dollar device, and they're targeting the U.S. market. U.S. market don't get access to a two hundred dollar OnePlus. What are we talking about here? Mm -hmm. That's a new development. Now, granted, it's only going to have a Snapdragon 460 in it. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do. You get to $200. 6.52-inch HD Plus display. 4 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of storage. Primary camera is going to be 13 megapixel. Of course, you're going to have the global markets to go with it. But it'll also be in the U.S. And then, of course, the most striking feature as well... It's going to be that uh, 6,000 milliamp hour battery. And I like this trend. Hmm. I like a battery. A big battery. I like a battery for 200. Thank you very much. Hmm. That's what I'll take. Hmm. Excuse me, sir. Can I have a battery for 200? Yeah. With the lower Snapdragon, I guess. Battery for days. Battery for days on that low Snapdragon. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun time, I guess, for budget smartphones. It's funny to see how it fits in. This OnePlus catalog is really expanding. Mm -hmm. We have the Nord. We got the Nord. It's like, okay, back to the roots, Nord. And now it's 200. 
they're just going to be like the other smartphone brands at every level. Yeah, yeah. All the way, 200, 300, 500, 700, 1,000. It's really starting to feel that way. A couple of other specs here. The display is only going to be 720p and it's going to be IPS LCD. So that might that might turn you off, Willie. Do rear fingerprint scanner and 18 watt fast charging, no water resistance. So I mean, you know, it's it's going to be missing some things at 200, mm -hmm. but you get a new phone for 200 and get battery for days. Not bad. Galaxy Z Fold 2 is going on pre-order, or just went on pre-order. Ahead of next week's event, Samsung UK has listed the Z Fold 2 in mystic bronze and black colors with a retail price of 1,799 British pounds. Have you ever spent a British pound? I can't say I have. Really? No. You never went to London or anything? No. Yeah, I spent a couple of British British yeah. pounds. On some... Uh, Just in the restaurant, mostly. Trying to think what... Oh, and also... Some old school bars. A few bars. The airport. Yeah. You got to at the airport. What would I pick up? Some chocolate. It's a little different to British chocolate as well. Is it? Yeah, it's a little different than around here. In fact, you can go to the British import type of store or you can order British versions of your favorite chocolate on Amazon if you're just craving that back home flavor if you're living here and you're previously from England or something. Mm -hmm. I know about these things. Well, Okay. What's a good brand? Uh, well, obviously, you have the Cadbury and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. What I like is the British Galaxy oh. chocolate. And uh, if you want something which which is a little more fun, they have a... they have a one, But again, you can get this in different places, but it's not necessarily going to taste the same, depending on the origin. Hmm. Uh, look up the Boost bar, by the way. Because if you want to have a bit more fun... Oh, yes. Yeah. Have you had this? I think uh, oh, Saf. Oh, Saf brought us the boost yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when he came he from the UK. Great. Yeah, so this great is if you want to have a bit more fun. It's not just straight up chocolate. There's a crunch to it and some caramel on the inside as well. So this is this is the more fun version. Now, when I used to travel to the UK more frequently, I would pick these up, the boost, and just throw it in my bag on the way back because then I give it to the kids and they'd be saying, where'd you get the boost? They thought it was mm. so cool because you don't have this one around here. Yeah, they're great. Anyway, so, yeah, I spent a few British pounds. This is a few more British pounds at $17.99. But they also confirmed the September 17th ship date and the September 18th release. This is going to be a very expensive device, but we didn't expect any different, Will. Mm -hmm. You know, the original Fold, it was 2Gs around 2Gs. Mm -hmm. This is going to likely be around 2Gs as well. Once you do the conversion to the USD, they also listed a, a kind of special version, the what is it called? The Tom Brown, Tom Brown edition, which you get a stripe. It's a designer thing. I don't know. Do you know Tom Brown? What does he do? Shoes? Uh, I don't. Wallets? Know. Who's well, should we know who Tom Brown is? Probably Vin. You know who Tom Brown is? No. If Vin doesn't know, then we're dead. Yeah, clothing. Kirk just put suits? his hand up. Suits. Wow. Yeah. No wonder we That's don't know. That's a Tom Brown right there. Look at the guy. Look at the suit <laughs> with the suit with the shorts. Yeah. That's how you do Tom Brown. You know what? I don't mind that. I might I might have to give that a shot. I It'd might have to get it. You know what the thing is, Will? Even if it's not a suit with the shorts, the pants keep getting shorter as well. Did you so know this more, about style? There's more mid-thigh? No, no, no. Not to the mid-thigh. Just the whole ankle. The ankle is out nowadays. Oh, yeah. Like you had to be having the ankle ankle breathing. There's a lot of leg. It's a, You had to get a little leg going on. Actually, if you just scroll up a little bit on those image uh, results, let's try and... Well, that's the full short. That's... Wow. My goodness. That's a that's some leg With going on. Dress shoes. Dress shoes. Here. And then the short. It's a short story. Meet Tom Brown. Yeah. You see, that's what I'm talking about right there. You got you get the ankles going would you, now. Would you rock that? Me? Yeah. No. I mean, come on. <laughs> Not if we're being honest, but... Dude, you want to know something? Let me just tell you something. I understand right. the guy looks good and all the rest of it. He's got the, you know, he can go anywhere and people are like, that's a stylish guy. But for me, I look at this and I'm so hot and I'm so uncomfortable with all the layers and the jackets and the stiff materials. I don't, I, look. He, he dresses down. I can, appre days. I can appreciate it. I can appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. This, is, I, this is not an everyday thing. It can't be. Well, I don't know if you're Tom Brown. I don't know if you can just throw on a T-shirt. I don't. I, and and, sh and like me with the athletic shorts, I don't know if you can do it. And a comfortable shoe, 
You see? I don't know if you can do it if you're Tom Brown. I'm not sure. Anyways, Tom Brown, he's got a special edition uh, Z Fold 2, which is very exciting. And so if you got an outfit like that, you got to have that Z Fold. I yeah. think it's pretty obvious. Uh, did you know, Will, that if if you if you have an iPhone, it makes you 76% more attractive? Mm. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Yeah. You know? So right now, you're here. You're at this. You're you had this baseline. You're zero percent. Actually, you're not zero percent because you're using a Samsung device right now, right? Yeah, it bumps me up a couple. That gives you eighteen. Yeah, that gives you eighteen. <laughs> 18. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. It gives you eighteen. They did that in the study as well. Oh, really? Sorry, nineteen. Take that back. Oh, okay, nineteen. Yeah, give me that one percent. Okay, listen to this study. This is a crazy study. So according to this study, owners of Apple iPhone, Apple Watch and AirPods, who put the device in their dating profile, their attractiveness went up 76% on the swipes. The study carried out by Compare My Mobile analyzed the results of 50,000 swipes and matches on popular dating apps. The site created identical profiles where the only difference was the technology brand that appeared. So I guess you're just holding up the phone mm. or AirPods or whatever it was for the thing. Having an iPhone increased a user's chances of being swiped right on up to 76%. The Apple Watch 61 and AirPods 41. Samsung, if you had a Samsung on display, you had positive sentiment at a 19% increased likelihood for a match. So you're still good, Will. You're just not Apple good. However, if you, if you got a Google device. Oh, boy. It decreased your chance of being matched by 10%. You, how, how dare you use a Google device? A Sony device, you went down 14%. God forbid you had a Huawei device, you go down 23%. And if you have a OnePlus device, you go down 30%. 30% for OnePlus? 30%. Oh, man. Vin's laughing over there at that one. He likes that. Yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow there now i know that all sounds very bad but you want to know the worst device to show off in a dating profile vin since you're getting involved over there you want to take a guess the worst device you can have in a dating profile is a blackberry uh. if you got a blackberry in your dating profile your chances oh. of being matched go down 74 percent you will be negatively impacted hugely and this explains a lot about where Jack's at in his life right now. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. All right. Let's keep going here because this is some wild stuff. Other findings of the study suggest that women care more about a potential match's choice in tech than men do. You see that, Will? They're judging you out there. Yeah. Those ladies... They're like, yeah. I can't even iMessage this guy. I can't trust this guy. Yeah. Whereas you, on the other hand, you'd be like, yeah, yeah she got a OnePlus. Cool. I'm yeah, interested to Blackberry, find out why. Yeah, whatever. you see. Blackberry, whatever. Yeah. Way to go, Will. No big deal. In New York, AirPods were the most likely to nab a date. In London, the iPhone 11 was the hottest tech. Mm. You show off that iPhone 11, Willie, do you watch the swipes roll in? Yeah. You got to get a flagship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 50,000 swipes across 15 major cities. The only thing they changed in the, in the profile photos was the tech that was depicted. This is an amazing thing, man. This is really crazy how people judge one another. It's really mm -hmm. wild. It's really wild. It's, people also said, by the way, that the, uh, where was this? That the device a person used was more important than the car they drive. I read that somewhere in there as well. But anyway, this is, it's, oh, here we go. Other findings in the study suggest uh, millennials are more likely to be influenced by a date smartphone than the car they drive. What does a phone say about a person? It's all very, it's difficult stuff. Yes. Uh, is it, is it just a comfort thing? Is it just, hey, I have an iPhone, that person has an iPhone. There's a Maybe there's there. a similarity. Yeah. Whenever you see those dating commercials, uh, eHarmony, it'll be like, we match on 73 
personal criteria with sophisticated results that last a lifetime. Mm. Is it such a thing where people just think similarities are a good thing? Which, by the way, I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah. I think it can actually, in some cases, be the alternative. Maybe not on everything. Yeah. Maybe not on the core values. But on interests, it's, it can be kind of cool to have slightly different and then engage with the other person's interest and, and so forth. But I think there's just maybe just a general comfort level with the recognition that the other person has similar tech to you and therefore may have similar interests. Maybe that's all it is. Or maybe... Just maybe people are incredibly superficial and they think, hey, that's an expensive device, so this person has money, so I would rather date them. Yeah, maybe that's the case. Which, that's obviously far more rough. So I'm not going to draw any conclusions. The study is what the study is. And I'm saying use whichever device you like because if a person was going to judge you on that thing in the first place, you probably don't want to be involved. Yeah, if someone's using a BlackBerry in 2020, I would, I would be interested to understand why. So you're the opposite. The BlackBerry user gets a 75% increase. Yeah, yeah. Willie do, ladies and gentlemen. You don't find many guys like Willie do this day and age. Uh, this one, oh my goodness. Russian tourist offered a Tesla employee $1 million to cripple Tesla with malware, to install the malware. He gives the, he gives the employee a million bucks. They walk in. They throw the nasty stuff on. I don't know if it would have been one of those ransom situations. They thought they were going to earn some money back or they just wanted to hurt Tesla. We don't really know. But this case pops up where this guy, this Russian guy, flies to Nevada, to the Gigafactory over there, starts courting a particular employee, boozing him up, taking him out, mm. whining and dining, mm. and eventually puts the first proposal, 500000 You get in there, you cripple for me. Mm. No head, no no headway with that. No bite. No bite. Goes up to a million. At which point, Tesla employee goes, "You kidding me? I'm with this. I'm ride or die with this Elon guy." Yeah, you chose the wrong guy. And he goes, "You know what I'm going to do instead? I'll just call up the FBI. I'll put the wire on. I'll do the full thing. And why don't you keep whining and dining me, tough mm. guy?" I mean, he didn't say all those. Things. No, he didn't say all those things. But anyway, they end up uh, they end up catching the guy. And Elon Musk responds. So you have the Tesla Roddy article. Tesla employee turns down one million, decides to work with the FBI instead, and helps thwart a planned cybersecurity attack on Giga Nevada. To which Elon replies, "Much appreciated. This was a serious attack." Now I don't know who he's saying he appreciates. Is it the website for covering it, or is he just saying the employee? Because that employee, that's a, that's a, that's a move right there. Mm -hmm. Now, not to say that. I think the average employee should do the same because it's a nasty move. I mean, what are you doing? This You have a good job. You're working at Tesla. I understand it's a million bucks, but it's illegal. Mm -hmm. it, what, what are you doing? You're handing this stuff over to the rush. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. But still, the employee didn't bend. The employee didn't fold. And, now, and so Elon's uh, quite happy about it. Uh, apparently, this guy, Igor Igorovich, Krichkov, 27 years old, traveled from Russia to Nevada and then met with the unnamed employee on multiple occasions. This is incredible. You read these stories. I mean, this is some movie stuff. This is some Hollywood yeah. movie stuff. During the meeting, he expressed how concerned and stressed he had been over the request. If he were to agree to install the malware, he would need more money. Krichkov asked how much, and he responded, $1 million. Krichkov was sympathetic to the request and said he understood, but would have to contact the group before agreeing to the request. So from, look. It's just like a movie. It's just like a movie. They're trying to secure these funds. Did they say uh, his motive? Igor's um No, but, but we had the motive? ransomware thing happen recently with the Garmin stuff, and that was a Russian group responsible for it. I don't know if this would have been a ransom thing, but you have some interesting takes on Twitter that emerged after this took place, including one from Security Craig. Craig Williams on Twitter said, so I suppose this means my guess was correct. This does bring into question the risk added if the system responsible for your self-driving car comes under attacker control. 
due to a malicious insider or otherwise. The entire thing is extremely exciting and concerning. It is. Mm -hmm. You remember when the Twitter thing happened and everyone got control of the accounts? Well, mm -hmm. they could only mess around and tweet some stuff, which was still big, and they didn't do as much damage as they probably could have. But what about your self-driving car? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What about... What, I what, mean, Twitter's just a platform. What but, kind of security measures are in place? Yeah. What kind of access do employees have? I hope they got it all figured out, but it's it's an in incredible development here. Incredible story. Super, uh, super Hollywood thriller vibes going on. Yeah. And Tesla, an enormous company, enormous implications. Yeah. And all you need to do is flip the key, a key employee and maybe get the right amount of dollars. What if it was 10 million? Yeah. Well, what if, that means that they could do it to really anyone in of any course, company. Of course. And it, you know what else it, it showcases, Will? How often you might think that the biggest weaknesses within an enterprise or the biggest weaknesses within a, uh, a system would be some sort of malicious attack from the outside. Hmm. But in reality, as we learn through the Twitter thing and elsewhere, it's, it's often the outside reaching someone on the inside. Yes, a saboteur. Well done. <laughs> Willie. Love do. that name. Um, Willie. So do. what are they going to do with the employee? They give him like employee uh, of the month or something? He, well, yeah, I think he's, he got free lunch and a free yeah. Tesla. I don't know what. A meeting with Elon? Yeah, him and Elon are pals. They're, they're, uh, the, you know, remember when Elon recorded that track? Once oh, upon yeah. a time, don't yeah. uh, kill my vibe. Don't. Yeah. Got to protect the vibe. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, on the next one, this guy's featured. Oh, right on. Yeah, on the next. That's worth it. On the next track. YouTube uh, rolled out or started testing native picture in picture in the iOS app. I didn't even know this wasn't a feature. I use it all the time on YouTube. I asked you if you use it. You said not, not as much, but I use background play as well with the YouTube premium. I use the picture in picture all the time. On Android, it's rolling out in a limited fashion, apparently, on iOS, in iOS 14. Now, apparently, it's still for people who are also premium members, even on iOS, I believe. Hmm. YouTube limits video playback in the background on iOS to YouTube premium subscribers, which means that picture-in-picture -picture is also restricted to users who pay for premium YouTube features. It's like 12 bucks a month. However, I'm a big fan of YouTube Premium. Mm -hmm. As you know, you support, it supports your favorite channels. It also gives you the music. And you, if you have a music subscription already with somewhere else like Spotify or, I don't know, Apple Music or something, you're already paying for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm a, I'm a fan of, uh, of YouTube Premium. But if you are a YouTube Premium user, you may shortly on iOS 14 see this native feature so that you can keep watching your video while doing something else on your phone which is kind of nice and it's a thing that I do all the time. It also means you can watch 4K HDR videos in the YouTube app for the very first time since Apple decided to add support for Google's VP9 codec. That's That was another problem. You had limited resolutions and uh, HDR options on the previous versions of the YouTube app. So people are seeing this pop up, by the way, on iPad OS and iOS. So you may see this. Uh, this may even This might actually be more exciting on iPad where you would be very likely to want to multitask mm -hmm. and have a picture-in-picture -picture option. So let me know if you see a pop-up iOS people. This is a funny one. Fortnite beef, Apple beef, Epic beef, fully covered. And today it's almost, I don't know if this is on purpose or I, if it's just a mistake, but Apple featured PUBG in the App Store on the very same day that it will terminate Epic's developer account. Mm. Now, I didn't. I thought they couldn't terminate the developer account on this day because there was a pause button put on by the judge. But anyways, maybe this is the day they had planned to do it. Regardless, here they are promoting PUBG in a very prominent position right at the top mm -hmm. of the App Store. The iconic Battle Royale game is getting a total makeover. And this is where the whole thing get squirrely, they also tweeted it out from the App Store's Twitter account. A new era of PUBG Mobile is coming, coming, featuring an overhaul of the Arangel or Arangel, Arangel map and a bold new look. Check out the exclusive sneak peek, blah, blah, blah. But let me tell you the craziest part, Will. Hmm. 
Can I tell you the craziest part? Mm. PUBG's on on Unreal. Yeah, so. PUBG's on the engine. There's some conflict there. How are you going to promote it on the day you plan to crush it? Well, isn't Unreal that lawsuit's put on hold? It is, but isn't it? It's just it's just funny because it was the Epic developer account they wanted to go after. Mm-hmm. And then, funny enough, they're like, yeah, we realize you can't play Fortnite, but there's this other Battle Royale game. They obviously, there's some calculation there, mm-hmm. but it goes to show you. It's all connected. Yeah, the vast consequences here. You're going to run out of games to promote, and it's all intertwined, and it's going to start hurting, I think. I think with the new season of Fortnite, again, I got to tell you, I don't play Fortnite, but I'm at the baseball diamond last night, and all the kids are talking. It's all they talk about, Fortnite. Yeah, the Nexus update. The update, and Marvel and everything. Yeah. So those kids, if they had iOS devices, they're dead, man. They Mm -hmm. can't. I mean, they're not dead, but you understand what I'm saying? It's a social thing, and it's going to catch up. Apple's going to see it, and I don't know what they're going to do, but it's going to catch up, and I understand Apple's got billions and trillions, and they don't have to do anything. But this is a a long game for these. Mm -hmm. These companies are enormous, billions, trillions. It's a long game, and you don't want to start getting on the other side of that pace. Mm -hmm. You don't want to cede any ground because it starts to go in that direction. Mm. And, and Fortnite's a big deal. Whether it's a big deal to you personally, me personally, it's just a big deal. We all have to admit it. Japan's got a flying car. It just got off the ground. Look at that guy. How happy is that guy? Just yeah. in his flying car. It looks like a motorcycle. It looks like anime. Big anime guy, Will. Well, Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. That's the really only anime. Vin's a big anime guy. Vin, get, what's, a, what's a good anime for people to watch? Classic. He's gonna think about it. Pokemon. That doesn't that have an anime vibe to it? The shape of it? No. Oh yeah. Am I crazy? Looks like uh, a Gundam. Oh, Vin wants what? Helsing, OBA. All right, that's what you gotta watch, anime fans. Vin said it. You heard it here. Helsing. OVA. OVA. I got it wrong. Wow. That's anime. <laughs> That's very anime. Very anime. You didn't think Vin could pull it out, Will. You had no faith that Vin was going to come with it. And he brought it today. What is that? The vampire one, Vin? You got vampires, then you got Vin interested. Anyway, so you got the flying car. And the key with this thing, Will, well, they tested it. They didn't do much with it, but they tested it. They say 2023, they're going to put this thing out. And there's a lot of flying car projects going on right now, but the key with this one and any eventual flying car, you got to have the vertical takeoff and landing. Mm-hmm. You can't be on. There's no runway. You can't have a runway going on. There's no space for it. It'll never work. But I, you got to admit, you look at that thing. What do you think, Will? If you had a short commute? Yeah, I really like the name VTOL. Hmm. It stands for. Vertical takeoff and landing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's very cool. The prope- uh, It looks like a sort of motorcycle. The propellers are lifted one to two meters off the ground. Uh, th- right now, it can't do very much. It can fly five to ten minutes. So let's not get like too e- drone. Let's not get too excited. Yeah. But they're saying that's going to become thirty minutes soon. <laughs> a trip to the grocery store. Hey man, a short commute. I don't know. Yeah. And 30 minutes, who knows, that becomes an hour. You know how this stuff works. Well, it takes mm. time. But people have been talking about the flying car since the Jetsons, and it mm-hmm. still hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. And it will be cool in my lifetime to see such a thing. Now, if people start crashing these things, it could be an issue. Anyway, this company has a decent investment. Apparently, uh, they recently received another round of funding for $37 bucks from the Development Bank of Japan. So they got a few bucks, and they seem committed. 2023, that could be you, Will. Would you ride that? Of course I ride that. You'd man it? What's weird is, what's weird is you need a whole new set of rules from the transportation in the area that you're in. You can't, I can't just. You have to have a license. I can't just pop that on the road tomorrow. Right? 
we no. need to get the, the 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 correct licensing and regulation. What happens with the insurance? Anyway, just that's boring stuff. We don't have to care about that stuff. We like the technology, yeah. so we'll just say it's gonna happen. You know what, Will? When we get the new studio, you talk to SkyDrive and see if we can get one of these over there. Yeah, we'll fly it in there. Okay. I don't know how you ship one of these things. They're probably gonna have to. It. No, they're not gonna imagine to go over the ocean with that one. Oh man, this next one is yeah, it's kind of, it's so weird. Uh I don't know, maybe you can break it down for me, Will, but the protesters are back outside of Bezos' house and they've got another guillotine, which is what they like to do. <laughs> uh he recently passed 200 billion in net worth. Hmm. Apparently these protesters they want him to uh, increase the minimum wage for people at Amazon to 30 bucks. That's a pretty hefty uh, minimum wage. And, and, and so they go to his house and they put up this guillotine. It has 5.7 million views. This was posted on the Washington Examiner. Someone's setting it up. And it's so weird. I, 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 the whole thing has such a weird feeling to it. This, this, this lady is just hammering into this guillotine. You put the audio on, Will. Put the, yeah. I mean, how does this make you feel? It's very strange. So I guess Bezos has a house in Washington, D.C. And this is out front of his house. And they got to show up and construct the thing. And they're talking and they're super casual. And they're like, yeah, you know, put in the other nail on the guillotine over here. And it's obviously very threatening. It's, 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 it's not a real guillotine, but it's... I mean, it's a threatening thing to look at. Mm-hmm. And I understand it's meant to send a message and all the rest of it, but Bezos is a human, right? Yeah, as far as we know. He's a human as far as we know. Uh, Does he come home at night? I mean, what if so, he's in, in there right now? He wants to leave and everybody's yeah. got the guillotine out. Like, I got to go to Amazon HQ. Like, right. can you leave me alone? Well, not well, if he's in D.C. because the HQ... He's got a place in D.C. Oh, right, yeah. yeah this but isn't in... Uh, this isn't there? This is in D.C., oh. but uh, Amazon HQ would be in Seattle, Seattle. or whatever. Yeah, 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 but anyway. Um, Why is it not gated? I thought he has $200 billion. Yeah. Why Why doesn't he have... I like don't know if that house in the video is the, his actual community. place. His actual place may be on the other side of the road or... I'm not sure. It's the wrong house. Like, I think maybe they're as close as they can be. Yeah. But I don't, I, you know, the part for me, I just don't know. The guillotine thing is just very aggressive and violent. And I guess that's the it idea of death. it. That's the only, like, it's a it's a death device. So if you want to represent, like, death to Bezos, that's that's quite awful. Maybe, maybe, maybe look, maybe I'm crazy here. But I can't help just viewing the guy, even if he has $200 billion as a human. I just do that. Everybody's human. Yeah. And, and so I just imagine, I don't know, he has a wife and kids and everything else. And I understand he has $200 billion, so you hate him. But you put a, if you put a guillotine in front of his front door, I mean, that's just a, that's just a te pretty terrifying message. <laughs> Jack's got a joke. He says, chances are the guillotine came off Amazon. That's where they purchased it. No, but you make a point. Like, everybody's wearing nice sneakers in this. <laughs> I don't know why that stood out to me. Everybody's got nice sneakers, and they look like they're doing all right, but I guess you don't need to. You don't. It doesn't take $200 billion to get some nice sneakers. There there's a kid in it. There's a kid across the street in a in a... A stroller watching the guillotine be constructed. There doesn't seem to be a lot of people. There. No, it's a. It looks like a small group. Look, I don't know. I'm sure some, but there's someone out there who's going to sympathize with the guillotine thing. Uh, that hates billionaires and and whatever. And there's totally an argument for, uh, uh for f uh, fair wages and distribution of wealth and i don't know that there's there's a there's a conversation yes. to be had mm -hmm. but the guillotine just kind of throws me off how casually you're doing that because i know myself at least myself as an adult i wouldn't be all that interested in doing that no and these are all adults here they they sure look like adults no 
So no signs, just a guillotine. That's a new thing. Does you just bring the guillotine? No. And and what do they do? Do they do they do they disassemble it and then leave and then come back? Well, the they're next... gonna have to save it. They're not gonna. Yeah, buy it looks too well done for them to just again. chuck it out after. So does this come back every day and then? At what point it. can he do anything about it? It looks like it's blocking his driveway. Mm -hmm. So it's all it's all very confusing. But anyways, they uh, they love to do it. And I'm not sure that this is going to get the minimum wage to 30 bucks for Amazon employees. I'm not sure that this is going to work. We'll see. Uh, Dota 2, speaking of big bucks, <laughs> speaking of $30 minimum wage, this is a bit better than that. This is your story, Will. So why don't you take it away? Well, Dota 2 is a PC game. Oh, wow. Very popular. Wow, you're going to go way back. Uh, the, the history. If the people don't know. But they usually have these tournaments that have huge prize pools. I think uh, last year or two years ago, it was like $19 million. And this year, they topped it. Actually, Will, you got that wrong. Last year, it was $34.33 million. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Which it just passed this year at 34.34. This is in the article. And they think they're going to hit $40 million this year, but they break the record every single year. Yes. They're yeah. currently sitting at 34.34 by taking 25% of the Battle Pass bundle and contribute that, contributing that to the prize pool, which right. is something that you told me about. It's an incredible model. I think it's so cool mm -hmm. that the fans get something in the form of the battle pass, yes. but then they also get to know that whatever team wins is going to get a portion of their yes. payment. That's great. It's such a cool... Now they want to watch the thing even more and play the game even more. Uh, this is the largest prize pool for a championship event uh, any kind of esports event in all of esports history. Now they say that they have the opportunity to add several million to this, and Valve has set its sights on 40 million by adding even more bonus rewards to the Battle Pass to try to uh, increase the number of people that purchase it. Hmm. Now, I presume that this prize pool will be split up. In such a way, not just to the top team, but you'll have yes. second place prize, third yep. place prize. But still, mm -hmm. that is a lot of money to distribute. Oh, yeah. In exchange for an esports event. Congrats to them, though, you know, for making it happen. It's great. Yeah, Everyone absolutely. Wins. Fun times. This, this is the last story of the day. We have a new study. This is our space update. New study asserts that life could have actually begun on Mars and then headed to Earth. You know how they always say, oh, is there life on Mars? They always say that. Hmm. But the question is when. Okay, is there life right now? I don't know. Maybe buried somewhere, some organism. Mm -hmm. It's very cold, though, and all the rest of it. But then the next question is, was there ever life on Mars? Like, could it have... Because you have the water frozen there and, mm -hmm. and, and remnants. So anyway, these researchers, they tried to, well, figure out if that might have been possible. And uh, it's sparked new debate regarding the concept of panspermia, life forms existing across the universe. Mars as, is cited as a viable life source because it was once potentially ha habitable habitable with a large hemispheric ocean hundreds of millions of years ago mm. now it's uh, just got thick underground ice so they did this experiment they took some bacteria and tried to determine if it was durable enough to to, to survive the trip from mars to earth because it's going to get exposed to a lot of ultraviolet light that typically would destroy certain strains so they want to know how durable it was. Could this have been possible? And they determined that a bacteria colony larger than one millimeter could survive up to eight years in space. Huh. Maybe it hitches a ride. Yeah. Some hitch a ride on some stardust. Hmm. Land on Earth. Bingo. Willie do. Me. That's all it takes. Huh? It was a, some sort of bacteria on Mars. It gets here. Willie do. 
perfect. Aki Akahiko Yamagishi. Akahiko Yamagishi. A Tokyo University life sciences professor created a test to ascertain the endurance of microorganisms on the International Space Station. He observed that the microbes could withstand the interplanetary odyssey. And he believes that it increases the probability of the process, making it much higher. So what do you think about that, Will? We're all from Mars. I that's, mean, that's not uh, what they said. They said it's possible. I mean, that's a cool concept of uh, having bacteria in stardust. There you go. That's, I mean, that's a Spider-Man reference, right? The Venom symbiote came Easy. from an asteroid. Easy, Will. Which is a really cool concept. You're right space. right now, you're decreasing the likelihood of your dating profile. <laughs> <laughs> Any Spider-Man reference, you decrease the likelihood by 67%. Every uh, second there. Yes. Every, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what they should have done in their study. What if you're wearing a, a guy's wearing a partial Spider-Man costume? Yeah. Then what happens? He goes, I mean, <laughs> it would have to be the right girl, but you know. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just yeah. saying the percentage likelihood goes down <laughs> compared to the iPhone 11, yeah. which apparently is very attractive yeah. to the opposite sex. Anyways, listen, you came from Mars. Don't you deny it. You got to listen to uh, Yamagishi. He knows. He says it's possible. The bacteria comes. A couple years pass. Bingo. Will he do?